This, the 82nd episode of the Juice Box Podcast, is sponsored, as always, by Insulin, makers of the Omnipod, which, as we know by now, is the world's only tubeless insulin pump. So you might remember way back in episode, let me look, episode 47, I spoke with Sam Fold, and Sam, people are messaging me, Kathy, if you're listening to this, you're bugging me while I'm doing the podcast. Hold on a second. Um, Sam Fold is a Major League Baseball player who has type 1 diabetes, and I spoke to Sam about you know all kinds of things about how he handles his type 1, and at some point he talked about this this charity work that he does with this uh, big wiffle ball tournament called Kathy, called Slam Type 1 Diabetes. And he told me I should really talk to Jeff Kolak, who is the person who runs the whole thing. And Sam's involved. Actually, a lot of major leaguers are involved. I'm actually hoping to go down on December 10th to Florida to do a podcast live from there, but my shoulder surgery may get in the way of that. Nevertheless, let's listen to Jeff, who is a father of two kids who have Type 1. One uh, a natural child and one an adopted and a guy who started this great charity and this wonderful event that's really blossoming into way more than uh, than maybe many would have anticipated but I don't think Jeff Jeff uh, I think Jeff had a big picture in his mind the whole time so this is really Kathy so this is <laughs> all right uh, here it comes here comes Jeff Scott I'm Jeff Kolak. Uh, currently the founder and CEO of Slam T1D, uh, co-founded with my wife. Um, and uh, we have three children. Our oldest daughter, Naomi, is 22. Uh, she has a young 10-month-old, uh, Bo. And uh, Naomi has celiac disease. And uh, our two youngest uh Kids, uh, Johanna or JoJo and Nicholas are both uh, 15 and a half, well, almost 16. Nick will be uh, 16 October 26th and JoJo November 30th. And and do do any of those kids have type 1? Do you have type 1? I'm sorry. Uh, Johanna and Nicholas have type 1 diabetes. Okay. And they're not, they're not twins, though. Is, is that right? Well, they are. Well, they it, was are just a, it was just a brutal labor. lasted 31 days. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, they, uh, no. So uh, the story, you know, our story is, uh, you know, it's a bit wacky. Um, Johanna was diagnosed April 15, 2005, at the age of four and a half. And, um, you know, like many uh, parents, I'm sure we spent the first year just, you know, deer looking in headlights, just trying to figure out uh, what we're going to do as our, our entire lives have changed. And, uh, and um, but as we got our legs about us and, um, you know, one thing led to another, we started uh, volunteering at the local hospital and we were involved in a local chapter at JDRF to do the walk to cure. And, uh, and, um, you know, at some moment we just say, well, what else can we do? You know, we're we're kind of like an outreach team for the local hospital, blah, blah. And uh, my wife and I decided, well, why don't we call the local Division of Children and Families? Maybe we could, maybe there's a family struggling with a child with type 1 diabetes, or maybe they've got a child and they just need a need respite care for a weekend. Uh, and, you know, we can... Jeff, you cut out. I'm sorry. You are gone. Jeff? Jeff is about to tell us something. He's not here anymore. 
you were just saying that you went into uh, or you contacted who? I'm sorry, a local. Yeah. So, so uh, our our young daughter Johanna was diagnosed four and a half, and uh, you know, a couple years into it, my wife and I were uh, just thinking about the things we could do to uh, uh, to um, to help folks with uh, you know dealing with uh, with the disease, and uh, and we uh, decided to contact uh, the local kind of like a social services division. Mm-hmm. And um when I contacted the the woman, um you know, I was I'll be I'll be honest with you, Scott. Uh I was uh doing some travel overseas, doing some business over in, in uh in Moscow and um and some consulting here. I had just sold we had just sold uh some commercial property. I was a real estate developer. And um I was just uh thinking I was gonna Check the box. Uh, let my wife know I made the phone call and I was going to get back to work. And uh, when I called, the woman, her immediate reaction was, "Oh my gosh, this is a miracle! It's a miracle!" And I said, uh, "What do you mean?" She said, "You want a child with type one diabetes?" I said, "No, no, no. We, I don't we feel have like one. I said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We have one. We just offer. We're offering to help for a weekend. Uh, and." Um, Long story short, they had a young guy, Nicholas, uh, age six and a half, um, was diagnosed uh, about four months prior to my call. I think I called in May. In May, he was diagnosed in February. Hmm. And, um, and you know, oddly enough, he was 30, 31 days, 31 days older than JoJo, so they're kind of like twins. Um, and... Uh, but you know, so that was May. It took us about a month. I'm a you know checklist kind of guy, so I uh, had my things. I wanted to make sure I interviewed all of the doctors, the psychiatrists, so forth. And you know, Nicholas was in foster care. He had been in foster care through several homes. It was uh, more a case of um, his biological parents were, you know, it was his generational poverty, and uh, and they were just mixed up in things that you know, they were local um, here in in the state of Vermont. Um, but but they couldn't take care of themselves, let alone uh, the three young children they had. Nicholas being the oldest, and uh, at the age of you know uh, six and a half, and so they had, he had been, and I think his, this was his fourth or fifth foster care home, and um, and diagnosed, and you know any hopes of uh, adoption just kind of shot out the window with that, and and they had uh, the agency had been on a a regional uh, northeast kind of a hunt. Uh, for a family who could provide him a permanent home and deal with uh, managing uh, the disease, and I make this unwitting phone call, and uh, and um, by June, and his his A1C going in was twelve twelve and change. He had thirteen fourteen cavities, uh, you know, not stuff for, for publication, but he didn't uh, he didn't know how to take care of himself, uh, you know, in, in all ways, and. Uh, and so we just said, look, we're not interested in the foster care program. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and, uh, but here's the deal. We've, uh, you know, we've talked about it and, uh, and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll adopt them. So go ahead and terminate the, the biologicals rights. Uh, they were in the process of, you know, they knew they'd need to do that anyway, um, for whoever would, uh, you know, whomever would, uh, would adopt them. And, uh, so 
that was June of 2007, and um, and the adoption. You know, so he was with us for about a year before the adoption was finalized. So Nick has been with us uh, since uh, since June of 2007, and that's how we come to have three children, two with type one diabetes, and uh, and one thing led to another. You know our Walk to Cure team was JoJo's gang originally, and we now needed to modify that. And on a family vacation trip to uh, uh, you know to Maine, we were you know coming up with different ideas, and we came up with Slam Diabetes. And at the time, the T1D acronym uh, didn't exist, mm-hmm. and uh, and wasn't wasn't in uh, wasn't in play. And um, so we came up with Slam Diabetes. I, have, I actually had some. I thought were some better ones, but they probably couldn't, you know, wouldn't be appropriate for reprint or, <laughs> uh, or publication. So, um, and I just, you know, I just thought, you know what we ought to do, let's get some graphics folks on it and then let's trademark it. You know, who knows, but it just seems like it's a great combo. And from our perspective, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a, the focus of an action word like slam, uh, right on, uh, T1D or diabetes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we did that, uh, came up with some graphics around that and, uh, um, but then just kind of, you know, put it in mothballs as it were. And that, that was 2008, I guess. Um, and along the way, um, you know, Natalie then said, well, you know, when Jojo was diagnosed, there really wasn't a website, uh, that was exclusively for parents of kids with type one diabetes. So I'd like to do something. And, uh, where maybe I could just talk with other parents or other parents could talk to one another. So we, uh, we created a, a website called parenting diabetic kids. Uh, and you know, in kind of short order, it started gaining some relative popularity. And I think Nat's, I think this parenting diabetic kids, Facebook's have, I don't know, maybe 10,000 participants on it. Um, and, but all the while it was in I don't know twenty thousand forum members at the time and um but all the while it was really you know ninety percent viewership and readership were, were moms and people would say, Well Jeff, you know, why don't you speak into it from a dad's perspective and and my vocab is sports oriented and it's uh it's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh played rugby for fifteen years and you know, it's kinda like uh going through stuff is better than going around it. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, I just, the idea of, you know, articulating my thoughts that might work in a, uh, kumbaya session just didn't really, it just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel right about it. Didn't feel the, you know, the vibe wasn't there for me, I understand. but the slam diabetes logo and the, and that kind of that concept, it did have something to it. Um, and um and then um Ray Allen and I connected. Ray played hoops for the Celtics at the time and um and uh his son Walker was diagnosed with T one D and um and then, you know, he invited me down to a golf tournament that he did in Connecticut and we figured, well let's roll out the Slam Diabetes logo and we did that and uh Ray and Shannon and, and his wife his mom Flo uh, loved it and you know, and then after on the heels of that, uh, oh, Shaquille O'Neal's, he had a, he was sponsoring some kind of a, like a VIP booth at, uh, or kind of a lounge area 
uh, at the 2011 uh, NBA All-Star Game. And, uh, and at the time, earlier that fall, um, I had done something with uh, Slam Diabetes. We are, you know, it wasn't a nonprofit at the time. It was we had created this company that just held the, you know, the, the graphics and whatnot. Right. Um, and we were the, the thought was that we would just go out and kind of boost other nonprofits. And uh, and um, in this case, Ray had asked us if we'd be interested in promoting uh, his uh, three for threes campaign. He came up with the idea that for every three point shot he made. Three dollars. People could donate three dollars to the Joslin Diabetes Center, and so we did that through the Slam Diabetes uh, ID, and um, and I guess you know, that's how Jack's folks reached out to us, and and they said, well, why don't you come out to L.A. and just kind of talk about what you do, uh, you know, what you do, to, what you're doing with Ray Allen, and so we connected with uh, uh, a. a public relations person out there in California, out in L.A., and um, and teamed up with her, and she was a great help in kind of organizing all of that. And, uh, and, um, and so we went out there, but I really had no idea. I mean, we had some T-shirts and um, whatnot, but in, out there and talking to guys like Nellie and LL Cool J and Marlon Wayans and uh, Kevin Hart. Um, it was actually it was actually uh, a suite at Kevin Hart's Comedy Jam. Um, it, you know, it occurred to me that there was a a lot of people, um, and I had heard enough of it leading up to that. You know, we had, JoJo was diagnosed in 2005. Mm-hmm. This was two three years later, and a four well, it's actually was five five years later. Um, that uh, you know, I had heard a lot about. No, it's it's the well, you get the it's the nasty type of diabetes, or um, well, at least it's manageable, and you know all that stuff. But it really occurred to me that that um, you know getting out to L.A. that gosh, people just don't understand what T1D or what type one diabetes is all about. And the T1D acronym was starting to gain a little traction, but it was still um, it, it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a familiar uh, term. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, and we had also just, uh, contacted, there was a, a local guy here in Vermont and he had built a quarter scale replica of, uh, uh, Fenway park and then Wrigley field in his backyard and, uh, on a, you know, an 11 acre site and, uh, and a very successful, uh, tournament has been, had been going on there for years, uh, to benefit Travis Roy, the fellow who, broke his neck playing hockey for Boston University. Mm-hmm. And we had attended that in 2010. I said, gosh, you know what's really cool about this? So you don't have to have a connection to someone who's, uh, you know, had nerve damage, quadriplegia or paraplegia. It's uh, it's just a gas to play. Everyone's played wiffle ball, and it's really cool playing in these iconic parks. And so I had approached Pat and asked him if we could do one to benefit uh, lamb diabetes. Right. and. Uh, and we did, and raised. I think it was you know eighteen thousand dollars, and had ten or twelve teams, and and it was great. And um, and that was two thousand eleven, uh, summer of two thousand eleven. But what I what struck me was I didn't want to just do this one tournament locally, um, and uh, and kind of follow the track that they did. Now they're very successful. They raise 
I think this past tournament they raised $600,000 for the Travis Roy Foundation. Wow. One wiffle ball tournament. That's amazing. And they've done it over 15 years. Um, but I wanted to accelerate that pace. Uh, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and um, and uh, before I'm finger-painting my own crap and I don't know my name, uh, I wanted to make a bigger, faster difference. And uh, And I think, but more importantly, I see what my kids go through every day. I see what other kids go through every day. I see what adults go through. I see what adults went through to get to where they are. Yeah. I hear the I hear the stories they talk about, you know, back in the day. Oh, I missed this. I did this. Close call here. All, all these kinds of things. And I thought, my gosh, um, we we've got to jack this up. And there is, and I hadn't really formulated my thoughts to the extent uh, that they are now, but where it, it's become this nonprofit, but. Um, there's just so much darn conversation about a cure. And there's so much, we do such a great job within the T1D space of talking to one another and tapping our, our, our own wallets. But we don't do such a great job of um, really helping people understand what type 1 diabetes is and empowering those with it uh, to live life in full. Yeah, getting, getting outside of this bubble where everyone it, yeah, understands, right? That's exactly it, Scott. Yeah. Getting getting outside of our space, and so um, so you know, I got a little wacko, and I said, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to build these modular wiffle ball stadiums, and we're going to test this concept for a couple of years, and then we're going to go live. Um, we're going to build a mini Fenway, a little. Uh, you know, we've got a, a generic one that we name after a T1 deer in the community we're in. Uh, we have a little Yankee we've designed. We're about to start construction on a little Wrigley that we'll introduce in Tampa in December. Um, and uh, we're going to play wiffle ball, but we're going to do it with a big league feel. And uh, let's see how it goes. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, bought a tractor trailer. uh we haul these things all over the place. We've done a bunch of them, you know, from Rhode Island to Boston to Central Mass to Connecticut, uh, just testing the different types and ways that we could do a tournament. What occurred to us is that we did one in Tampa, and what occurred to us uh, with Sam Fold uh, of the Oakland A's, and what occurred to us is that um, people love playing certain types of backyard games, like wiffle ball, dick ball. Um, and uh, when we add in-game play-by-play announcing and in-game music, and we've got these portable stadiums that are just, they, they're off the hook. Turns into a um, thing, huh? Well, yeah, we talk, I'm sorry, say it again. It just turns into a big thing. It feels, it feels, it does. yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It does. And, and what's really cool, what's really cool is that half our teams have no connection to type 1 diabetes. Okay. And what we do is we embed, and the, and the other key piece of this is that fundraising is obviously, uh, you know, at the core of what these events are, um, but it is not all about fundraising. So much of our communications with teams and whatnot are about, um, you know, highlight plays or um, or the rules or key games or, um, you know, how to make your uniform better or, you know, it's all the stuff around the tournament. So we've come up with this concept where we actually embed the fundraising into the tournament 
uh, we call it the the, the slam the slam T one D power ranking. And so, um, for every five hundred dollars the team raises, um, they get points toward their power ranking. For every game they win that tournament, they get points toward their power ranking. The end of the at the end of the qualifying round in the tournament, top eight teams automatically qualify. Uh, the remaining teams go into the wild card lottery, and uh, and then we get into the playoffs. Then we do things like uh, we have an all star game and home run derby, and we have a game in, in Tampa. We've got the the haves versus have nots, T one deers versus non T one deers, and um, and what we've done is we've had actors like Luis Guzman attend. Uh, uh, here in New England, you know, stars like uh, Roy White of the Yankees, Bill Lee, and uh, Lu- uh, Luis Tiant of the uh, of the Red Sox, and Oil Can Boyd, and uh, and then we when we went to Tampa, our first tournament uh, we did to benefit uh, Slam T1D, our nonprofit, and uh, and uh, Sam Fold's uh, sports camp um, for T1Ders. Um, we had 13 MLBers show up. Jeez. Josh Donaldson, Kevin Kermeyer. Last year we had 26. No kidding. Yeah, I, and th- I, I just wanted to say, and you're so, you're, Jeff. It's it's hilarious because you probably don't listen to the podcast, but I talk way too much, and I'm just like, this is great. Jeff really knows what he wants to say. I really don't need to be involved in this too much. <laughs> uh, but but um, I met you because Sam Fold. After I interviewed Sam, Sam said to me, "You really have to meet Jeff." And, and I was like, okay, great. He's like, please have him on the podcast. You know, you'd really love him. And I was like, I, I absolutely will. And he starts telling me more about, because, you know, Sam, I, I, I reached out to Sam not about slam diabetes. I was just sort of talking to him to talk to him. And he brought this up. And I'm trying, you know, you're trying to wrap your head around this idea of like it's a wiffle ball tournament, but it's it's huge. And, you know, Sam's involved. So all these guys are showing up and you've got people coming in. How long does the tournament last? Is it a weekend or is it? <laughs> Well, it's going to get to that point. Uh, yeah. The uh, so we've gone. This is our third. We're going into our third year. It's December 10th, right? Um, and uh, you know, we had to start out with 12 teams. Last year was 16. We're at 20 teams, and we could probably go to 24 or 30. We just have to cap it, and uh, just in terms of our infrastructure, Magical, but we're yeah. going to we're going to blow it out next year for sure. But uh, it's a one day tournament. Okay. Uh, but what'll happen? The one in Vermont that we do is a is a two day. It's a Friday from Friday afternoon through night, uh, and then all day Saturday. Um, I could envision I can envision this tournament uh, ultimately being a three or a four day uh, tournament on a weekend. Um, and we'll do. Uh, we've already we're doing another tournament with Joe Madden of the uh, manager of the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Um, he went to the. And that's one of the cool things uh, because the tournament's not just a fundraiser; it's a it's it's a connecting point. Mm-hmm. And Scott, if you ever played sport, I mean, if you're a sports guy, you know. I mean, I believe that sports and the, the it's the best way to break the ice between people. It's the best way to get to know someone. Uh, it's the best way to, to feel empowered. I mean, it's just it's so uh, the vibe is just so massive and. Um, and so, well, I can I can tell you this, and maybe this maybe this makes your point for you. So, this past weekend, uh, my son is a is a good student who plays baseball, and he's going around to camps trying to get colleges interested in him playing. So, we were at a camp this weekend at the University of Penn. There were maybe coaches from six or seven schools there. There were probably seventy kids there. You show up, know no one, 
There's no one there who you have any connection to whatsoever. And inside of a handful of hours, I can see my son laughing with guys, talking right. to people, adults and kids, like he's known them forever. Right. There really is something about that that moment, like that space that really does, you know, you, you see what you have in common very quickly. And right. then before right. you know it, he gets in the car at the end of the day and he's got personal stories about kids that he's only known for eight hours. And, you know, right. and so you get beyond the baseball and then you start talking about other things. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and the, so the cool thing is we take this, we, we take sports, the, a backyard game that anyone can play, uh, man, woman, child, uh, boy, girl. Um, we've got 10-year-olds playing. Now, the, the tournament's competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we pretend to tag the kids or anything. You know, So um, the tournament's competitive. And um, we've got, but we've had you know, 10-year-olds who are out there. I mean, they're better than 30-year-olds. Uh, but we've got 10-year-olds. We've got 70-year-olds uh, playing. And, um, and uh, for T1Ders, yeah. the experience is they get to meet other T1Ders they get to see that other people who have no connection to the disease are there for them. That the day is, you know, in some respects, while there is a conversation about uh, type 1 diabetes, uh, there's a push about it, that it's, it's clearly all about that. Um, the day really, it's, it, it enables people to kind of get lost in the chase for that big trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you almost learn about and, diabetes without knowing you're learning about it too. It, it, yeah, and then right. for all of those who don't have any connection to T1D, hey, it's the we're uh, I plead guilty to uh, to using this fun game as the as the uh, bait and switch um, to convert uh, the unknowing to the knowing uh, to the empathetic and then to the advocate and and. Uh, and uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, and the coolest thing to see to see a T1 deer or to see someone, a man or woman or child, sitting on their bench playing in this game, uh, and uh, and then you have Josh Donaldson sidle up next to him and go, uh, "Hey, I guess I'm with you guys." Josh, what's your name? <laughs> it, it, it's it's the coolest thing. And then I, I make a practice. Uh, you know, I, I call every one of the players after the tournament, and I just thank them personally. Um, let them know that you know how much they their presence means to everyone there, and uh, and and particularly to people with type one diabetes. And um, the first year was oh it's great you know Sam's a great guy and you know and that, that's a given Sam's just uh, I've just I, I feel like uh, you know uh, I wish I met the guy many years ago. Um, it's just he's uh, consider him a, a dear friend and um, and but this year. What's what's neat is when you hear players say, "Oh, Jeff, first year we showed up uh, it was because I'd do anything for Sam. Second year, we're showing up just because this is the coolest thing we've ever done." I mean, I had Josh Donaldson walking out to his uh, to his car. Uh, we had a car service from you know, and he's walking out. He looks down at his watch. Says, ah, "I got to get a little more of this." Turns around and goes back and gets another inning, uh, and. So and then you get a guy, for example, Joe Madden shows up at last year's tournament, and uh, and um, uh, Rick Vaughn, the, the marketing guy for the Tampa Bay Rays, comes over. The Rays have a team in the tournament, and he says, "Hey, uh, Joe Madden's here. He wants to talk to you." And uh, and uh, so I go over and meet Joe, and 
we get chatting for the next uh, 20 minutes, and he said, you know, before you talk, before I saw, you know, all of this, that I, here I am, I have a player, had a player, Sam, uh, who has type 1 diabetes. I had no idea he did he was just so quiet about it and did such a good job. I had no idea uh, what it took for someone with type 1 diabetes to stay alive. Before Jeff tells us the rest of what the manager of the Chicago Cubs had to say about Slam T1D and, and being Sam Fold's coach, let's, uh, let's talk about our sponsor today, Omnipod. Now listen, let's get right into it. Insulin pumping. It's not for everybody. But it might be. You never know until you try. And how do you try? You know, you hear people say, oh, I'm fine with my injections. My pen's fine. And maybe it is. Hey, God bless. But if you're thinking about an insulin pump, if you're thinking about trying something different, if you're thinking about being able to, you know, like adjust basal rates and, you know, hey, I just had pizza. I'll turn my basal up for an hour. That kind of stuff. Well, I think you might want to check into the only tubeless insulin pump that exists on the planet. Omnipod. Now, how you do that? Well, you go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo, and Omnipod sends you a free, non-functioning, but no obligation, demo pod. Now listen to what I just said there. Free and no obligation. There is no better deal on the planet than free and no obligation. You check it out. Maybe you put it on your body somewhere, see how it fits, see how it looks in your clothes, and it's going to look great. Let's be honest. And then you make a decision. Uh, this might be for me. I'm going to try. But at least you're an informed decision. You're actually holding it in your hand and seeing how it feels. It's not just some wild guess based on what your endo said. Use this one. Because, you know, you know why they tell you to use that one. It's the one they're comfortable with. It's not because it's the right one for you all the time. You decide which insulin pump is right for you. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo or the links in your show notes. When you click on the links, he's... Then the Omnipod people know you came from the podcast, which I appreciate. Come on, do it today. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo. Back to Jeff. He said, and to see how, just to see the reaction of people and just how people are around here, he said, this is amazing. And then he said, and on top of it, the way you've taken this wiffle ball and turned it into something that's bigger than, you know, just bigger than life. Yeah. He said, it's amazing. Uh, Would you ever consider doing one? Um, you know, in my hometown, and I said, uh, "Done." Yeah. Well, Jeff, no, see, see, see what you did there. I don't mean to cut you off, but but what you did there was Sam's playing for Joe, I guess, in Tampa Bay, probably at some point, yeah. right? Right. Yep. And yep. and yep. so Sam's out there being a professional baseball player, putting in the effort it takes to not only you know stay alive with type one diabetes, but to but to play baseball at that level with it. This man's right next to him while he's doing it for all those years, has no idea what's going on. Your wiffle ball tournament shows him in one second. Now all of a sudden you've made an advocate out of Joe Madden. And right. and it's even more amazing, and it is sort of what you say to people, is that you know, you're always trying to get the idea across. Like You really don't have any idea what it takes to live well with diabetes. And this example, I mean, same, same dugout, same... Same locker room, same, you know, they work together, basically. Um, Sam's right. doing what he's doing right in front of him, and still no one sees it. And, you, you know, that's the real, I mean, not that there's not 50 different very valuable things in what you're doing, but there's a lot of value in that, and that's getting outside of that bubble that we talked about and getting people right. who don't know to know and then creating more advocates, more people to talk about. So now you're going to do it in where, it, did he mean Chicago or where did he mean? 
So, so we're uh, we're so we're doing it in Hazleton, PA, in his hometown. Uh, he's uh, he started a, uh, a foundation, the Hazleton Integration Project, uh, and it's to bring uh, bring uh, different races together and um, and uh, kind of uh, reunify the town. I guess it had gone through a period of uh, of um, uh, kind of racial divide, and um, so and I thought, well, you know what? That's even that's that's fantastic. Why don't we at the same time let's 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 get after two issues. Let's get after uh, coming together uh, as a community, mm-hmm. and uh, and and let's also help um, P1Ders in that uh, in that area in Eastern PA. And so um, whether it's um, uh, whether it's education, whether it's uh, awareness, helping uh, Spanish speaking. Uh, families with type 1 diabetes in that area um and so so you're sort of you're sort of learning that there's a bigger not that you probably didn't imagine but but that there's a bigger world around diabetes than even the one you started trying to service absolutely yeah now you're you're spreading out how do you have the time for this jeff what is it did (laughs) did you win the lottery or something or what happened exactly (laughs) no 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 no. it's uh uh i'm i'm now in it full-time um, and, uh, it's, I've said to, I've said to, uh, folks, when we created the nonprofit back in the end of 2013, and we received our 501c3 designation, uh, I think it was October of 2014. And, um, no, I just, I've just committed to, um, you know, we, we sold our uh, various properties that we had in, uh, in the commercial development business, um, I was in and, um, and, um, uh, I've, I've said to folks on my board and, uh, friends, whatnot, I, I don't think I've made less money, uh, in any period of my life. And that includes, you know, my college and high school days, <laughs> but have had more fun. Uh, you know, I think it's the comedy. I, I can't tell you, uh, I've had some in, in various projects had some phenomenal, you know, returns and some really great little deals. Uh, but there is not, there has been nothing like the experience of seeing the smiles on people's faces, the, um, the, um, the, the, just the, the, the sense of empowerment, uh, that, uh, that we're creating, um, for people with type one diabetes, families, uh, who deal with it, caregivers, siblings, um, it's uh it's pretty cool and even even challenging for example with Sam's uh uh sports camp and we're rebranding it and uh and Sam's taking it from you know the there used to be I think Sam Folds USF Sports Diabetes Camp and it's now Sam Folds uh T1D Sports Camp and um and just challenging organizations to um to reach outside their box um to to not just push the envelope but to uh to rip it apart and uh and um you know in sam's the sam's camp they do a great job a phenomenal job the combination of uh the university of south florida's diabetes center and the florida diabetes camp organization um and um but they've been kind of at capacity uh, roughly 115 campers for the weekend camp, and um, and 
that's been their measure of success, that it's been good. And I, I couldn't help myself, but when I'm in the conversation, it's like, guys, your patient catchment is, what, 400 families? And that's just your hospital? What about the one right around the corner? What about the other one? Uh, what about elsewhere in the state of Florida? Why aren't we challenging ourselves to get to 200 campers, to double, to, you know, to triple how many kids we serve? We'll figure out the infrastructure stuff. Maybe we got to grow it a little gra- more gradually than I'm proposing, but, you know, Go bigger. There, are, there, are, there are kids' lives that need to be changed. Jeff, you are and, experiencing something that I feel like I've experienced and a million other people probably who find themselves in an advocate situation. And I could easily tell you about the things that, that I do that I see those, you know, th- sometimes they're not smiles. Sometimes it's just, you know, people having more stable blood sugars or lower A1Cs or something like that. And then you do have that feeling like, gosh, why can't I find a way to reach more people? And if it's, right. hel- if it's helping, if I talk to 10 people and, you know, and six of them get something valuable out of it, well, geez, if I talk to 100, wouldn't 60? And, you know, and, and exactly. it is really, it is a, it, I, I know how you feel. So uh, it's yeah. cool. It's cool that you're doing so. And so are you able to expand it? And, and is I'm I'm a little I don't want to be confused, but is Sam's camp where you do the wiffle ball in December, or are no. they separate? Right. So Sam's camp occurs in the first weekend, uh, first week of February. Okay. Uh, and so, um, and our wiffle ball tournament is in the second weekend of December. Mm-hmm. And, and so, is so, that your big one in December down in in Florida? Is that where you get a lot of? Uh, uh, I think it, I think it will be. I mean, we raised in the tournament in Vermont with uh, we had eighteen teams. We raised over a hundred thousand dollars. I think it came in at around one hundred five thousand dollars, and um, and we're gonna you know we'll blow through that number uh, this coming June. What happens to uh, the Jeff? What happens to the money then? What are you guys now? Because now you're bigger and now you're raising money. Are you at because earlier you said you were thinking of boosting up other charities, but obviously it's not going that. What do you guys do? I mean, does the money go into just running more camps? Are the camps the charity, or do you guys donate Comedy, to other things? Well, so, right. So, Slam T One D is its own. Uh, we are our own nonprofit, mm-hmm. and so uh, and a, a bunch of what we do is awareness around T One D, and so it fuels the awareness engine, um, and then we also. Uh, fund uh, camps, um, mentoring programs, educational things. We funded, so for example, the uh, uh, we fund and put on a tournament at the Barton Center, um, which is located in Charlton, Mass. They uh, they run the uh, Camp Clara Barton for girls yeah. and the Joslin uh, Camp for boys. And um, and the tournament we put on there in uh, May. Of each year has become, I think, their second largest fundraiser, um, and they they're now into their sixth year. And uh, Jeff, my dog is, pro- is my dog is barking at a phantom thing in the house. Hold on one second here, Hazel. <laughs> please, buddy. We're doing. I mean, first of all, you know what's happening. We're we're making a podcast here, and, and you've heard nothing, and you're barking at it. So, what do you see? Do you see this thing sticking up from the wall here? Is this what you've decided is a horror? This? Why don't I move this for you? Okay. There you go. Now just sit back down. It's all good. People who listen to the podcast are normally listening, uh, uh, aware of just Basil snoring in the background, which is great for my <laughs> self confidence. And uh, um, but what kind to, of dog? he's um, he's a he's <laughs> he's a French bulldog in a Boston Terrier mix. And he's we have a, a French 
We have a French bulldog. Dude, <laughs> he really is adorable. But he's two years old, Jeff. I just taught him how to be a dog. It took two years. Come here, buddy. Come here. Come on over here. Come here. Because you're just going to keep barking. So come here. I know. They hung, uh, they hung Halloween stuff on the wall, and now you think it's... I know. Come here. Come on over. Um, they are the very they are very difficult dogs to train. <laughs> just he, well, they're he, impossible. Yeah, he, I mean, at least the French bulldog is impossible to train. He, yeah, yeah. He, two. All right, big guy. You all right? Everything's good. You good? All right, chill out. Jeff had enough problems with his Skype already. He doesn't need extra problems. With you. <laughs> all right, good. Go lay down. Chill out a little bit. So I think the moral here is that you, so you're. You're using this money in in a lot of different ways. Plus, you know, I think the main focus obviously is the is the camps where you're you're spreading awareness and getting people together. And plus, just the having kids together, people with type one diabetes, and letting this event be for them is is probably hugely uplifting for people. So, I mean, you're just doing a lot of great stuff. I don't understand why you're such a decent person. Um, <laughs> because because Jeff, we didn't we don't talk about this, but I'm actually adopted. So I'm, I'm aware of what a huge undertaking it is for a person to just take another human being into their house and say, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever happens here, I'm going to love you and I'm going to take care of you. Uh, it's, it's a massive uh, leap to make. And, and it, yeah. says, it says a lot about people to begin with, um, you know, to adopt somebody. And so I guess I did, my, my, did want to kind of go backwards for a question and ask you, what do your kids think of all this? Do they... Are they on board? Will they be at the wiffle ball camp? Or, or oh, is yeah. this another example of just children looking at their parents and going, oh, you idiot. <laughs> like, like, or do, do they, they, you know what I mean? Like how sometimes you do something, you think, oh, my kids are really going to like this about me. And they just roll their eyes at you and keep moving. Um, but, but I was wondering if, they were, if they're on board, if they're involved, or how involved they are and all that stuff. Uh, they're, they're all very involved. And I think you know, if, if you go back, I think if there was one um, – one thing that uh, the one aspect of the things that we do that um, uh, that I think I, I didn't appreciate enough. Um, I, I'm a I'm an all in type of guest, so mm-hmm. you know, put me on. I'm I'm in a hundred percent in. There's no and away we go. And uh, and um, so when we made that decision to invest ourselves. Uh, in the fight against type one diabetes, and on behalf of T1 Deers, um, you know, uh, or and even when we made the decision to adopt Nicholas, uh, and um, you know, I look back, and the one person who probably, um, uh, did, well, there were benefits that abounded. I think the one person who who uh, I may have um, I may have short stroked a little bit with my uh, our oldest daughter Naomi, and I think I didn't appreciate uh, as we were going along with it. I didn't appreciate uh, the impact that um, that the disease can have on non T one D siblings, um, and in Naomi's case, um, you know, it's like you know, all of a sudden. All this attention is thrown at uh, Johanna, and then to add to it, now we're adding another child, and not just another child, but another child with type one diabetes. And then on top of that, we're starting a website, and and then on top of that, we're starting to do this slam diabetes thing that's evolved into slam T1D, and now it's and it's off the hook. And um, 
And, um, you know, I, Naomi and I have our own, you know, our own things we do. Uh, um, and, you know, Naomi is now, she actually helps the nonprofit. Uh, she's uh, just started as a kind of a social media assistant. And, um, and uh, within the past couple of weeks, actually, and uh, doing a great job. And, and Naomi has been in um, all along the way. Yeah, it's Jeff. I have an older son, obviously, who's four years older than my daughter, and and it's a it's hard to remember all the time because the diabetes seems like it, you know, like there's no alternative. Like you obviously have to do these things to, you know, not you know, you're not just trying to stay alive; you're trying to be healthy and live well, and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and that energy does take away from other things in your life. And because it's such a health oriented thing and it seems so important, you can kind of, you can kind of resolve those two things in your head and let other stuff go. And it's difficult right. to split your time up. And, you know, I mean, there were times this weekend, I was gone for two days this weekend with my son and I woke up in the middle of the night and my daughter's blood sugar was higher than I would have liked it to be. And the real secret there is, is I don't sleep as much as other people do, but my, right. but, my but my wife, like, my wife's asleep when I'm awake. She doesn't, I mean, I think she understands because I share with her, but I don't think she really understands what overnight is like for me sometimes and how that, how I, you know, on tough nights, like last night's a great example. I slept 10 hours last night. My daughter's blood sugar was perfect all night. They just got lucky. That doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, Saturday night when I was away and my wife was there, it was, it was rocky and it needed more attention. And, you know, there were times where my wife would do something with the insulin and then go back to sleep where I would have maybe stayed up to make sure it worked or added more or done something like that. And I felt guilty in a hotel room in Philadelphia watch when I could see my daughter's blood sugar. I felt like, gosh, if I was there, I think I maybe could have her 40 points lower than this, which, you know, and at the same time, if I'm not here with my son, then he's going to feel like we abandoned him at some point. And so right. it's really, I mean, I heard you get choked up when you started talking about it and it, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. There are pressures and anxieties from diabetes that affect aspects of life that no one even understands, even sometimes the people it's happening to. So right. it sounds like you're and I think that, great dad. Right. And I think that's, you know, um, I, Naomi, she's wonderful. She's, uh, she's amazing. Uh, uh, and has been she's and she's fully in uh, and supportive and um, and of both the kids and she's really taken well to Nick and uh, and uh, and the just the uh, just the, the 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 sister and brotherhood that they have is uh, and they've developed has been amazing to see and develop and um, and it's been it's been tremendous and. But what's really neat about these tournaments is you, we've got siblings at these tournaments. Just, and yeah. you know what? And, they, and they're out there, they're playing wiffle ball, and they're, they're going for the win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, uh, yeah, it's about T1D, but they're on the team, and, and they're looking for the W. And, uh, and that's what's really great is, it is it, it's such a, these are such unifying things. And, and for us, that's our, that's our voice. Our voice isn't, um, uh, it's sports. It's a sports vibe. It's a sports voice. It's about it's about carrying the day, winning the day, um, winning the moment, and uh, and living in full. And and uh, and um, 
just taking what comes and powering through. It's actually a fantastic and metaphor for living with diabetes, honestly. What you just said. What's that? It, what you just said, just winning the moment, winning the day, you know, just powering through. Like, that really is, I mean, that's how I approach handling my daughter's type one. You know, like my my kid, uh, my daughter plays you know, softball at a, at a fairly competitive level uh, for her age. And it's not easy to play softball when you're 12 and you have diabetes. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of roadblocks that come up. And sometimes it would be easier just to sit down on the bench and take a break. But she doesn't. She just pushes through. Um, you know, you just sort of have to, you know, beat this blood sugar and then get to the next meal and conquer that and just keep trying to win the moment. I think I think what you just said is a, is a perfect allegory for, for living with diabetes, honestly. So, well, yeah, I think it's fantastic what you've built. It, it really yeah, is. Yeah, so, you know, our objective is um, is to just keep broadening uh, awareness around T1D uh, and coming up with uh, creative ways to, um, to empower T1Ders to, uh, to live life in full. I was just, I was just sitting here wondering when in December it is. Like if I was wondering if I could come, you, you know, oh, you gotta, come yeah. down. you gotta make it right from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. It really does. Because I'm not going to Vermont ever again. Because you people don't have air conditioning, and I don't understand that. So I, <laughs> I went there last year. I rented a house. Oh, when did, did you come up, Jeff? We, my family, my my daughter was in some tournament. They were busy winning some dental regional championship like last summer, and my son was finishing up baseball. And you know, if you're a baseball family, you give like ten days at the end of the summer to go on vacation before school starts again. And so I, I talked my wife into going to somewhere different. I said, let's just go somewhere and relax. And I found this really beautiful house in Vermont somewhere up on the side of a mountain, had a pool. I was like, this will be great. We'll sit around here for a handful of days and we'll come home. And she's, you know, my wife might be a little more of a hotel person than, than that. But she was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So my son, so she's going to go up on Saturday morning. My son's going to finish up his last baseball game of the season. And we're going to drive up later. So she gets there a few hours before me and I get a phone call from my daughter Hey, mom seems pissed. And I was like, why? She was, we're at the house. And I'm like, we're at the house, she says. It's a nice house. And I went, okay. She goes, uh, we cannot find a thermostat for the air conditioning. <laughs> and uh, and and my and 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 Art and I said, well, that's impossible. It's a nice house. We we rented it. It wasn't very expensive, but it was it was you know it was enough to you know it's a decent house. It's a beautiful property. And I said, you're not seeing it. Look around. No, no, no. All right, we'll find it. We'll find it. And a couple of hours later, I'm driving to Vermont, and now I'm dreading going to Vermont, Jeff, because I'm like, I feel like I'm driving to Vermont to get yelled at. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I can't get yelled at anywhere. I don't have to drive to Vermont for it. So I'm driving, I'm driving up, and my daughter texts back. She goes, "There are box fans in all of the um, the closets. I don't think this is good. There's no air conditioning here. Mom does not seem amused." And I was like, "Oh, great." But that's a pretty well, what, standard thing in Vermont, though, right? Yeah, where where in Vermont? Oh gosh, uh, near Springfield, a little north of Springfield. Oh gosh, I, down in the center. Yeah, we made it about to the center. Um, yep. We were near near Ben and Jerry's, sort of like in that area there. I don't really remember the exact name of the town we were in, but we were legitimately up on a mountain uh, in a house, yep. and it was everything was absolutely beautiful and fantastic about the trip. But I would have liked air conditioning. That that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think most Vermonters go through this. Uh, and as someone from Connecticut, I, I don't qualify as a true Vermonter. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I'm not even sure. Even though my kids are born in Vermont, I'm not even sure they qualify. I think locals would have you 
believe that it's got to be two or three generations back. But anyway, um, the conversation locally is that, you know, AC or no AC, and it's uh, there are probably uh, probably no more than 10 days out of the year uh, where one truly needs AC. Um, it's just, generally, it's just gorgeous up here. I must have um, found those days, or we're just not, a, <laughs> or we're not accustomed to it. One more and, and it wasn't, ba- listen, I want to be clear, after a couple of days, it wasn't, ba- it was the sleeping, I think. Like, when, yeah. you're, when you're accustomed to sleeping with air conditioning and you don't have it, it's a, it's a weirdness. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to go back to Vermont ever again, <laughs> uh, as long as I'm married, but, you know. We've been married twenty years. That could go to hell too at some point. So maybe I'll make. But yeah, but December, uh, December in Florida. When we get done recording, I'm going to ask you more about it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So um, did we not cover anything, or did we? I didn't leave anything out. I hope. I mean, what's the what's the website? Slam. Slam T one D dot O R G. Okay. All right, and I'm going to put links. You got got all of our go. You got all of our our tournaments listed there. Uh, we'll be updating that with uh, the new tournaments for twenty for the twenty seventeen season, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, everything you can where, you'd want to know about Slam T One D. Where exactly in in December is the one in Florida? December tenth. It's a Saturday, at, and it's at the University of South Florida's Magnolia Fields, uh, great uh, rack athletic field, and um, we go in. Our the trailer shows up. Tractor trailer shows up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and we've got a logistics crew that uh, flies in, sets everything up, and um, tents, food trucks, uh, you know, lights, all that stuff. It's just away we go. And this year was really cool. And if people come out and and bring a team, is it too late to put a team in the tournament? Uh, we are down to I think uh, I think we're down to a couple, two or three spaces left. And I do know that um, uh, Joe's. Uh, Joe Madden's restaurant down in Tampa is thinking about putting a team in, and um, and uh, Dante Bichette's uh, family, uh, Dante Jr. and his son Bo, who are both now playing for uh, uh, Team Brazil in the uh, was it the World Baseball Championships? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're up there in the New York area now, uh, but they. They played in the tournament two years ago, had a blast. Uh, couldn't play last year because they had a, a wedding to go to, but they're uh, hoping to be back at it. So I've told them that I'll uh, we'll hold a spot for them for another week or so. But, so it's um, fair to say if we come out and yeah, if people come out or they sign up, they're going to meet some pretty cool Major League Baseball players, among other people, too. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the vibe is it's it's very casual, and I think the the ball players like that. Everyone loves it because, um, you know, we do a good job of just policing um, the kind of the autograph hawkers and the uh, the paparazzi types. Um, it's a good time. It's I say a nice policing. Time. We just you know we go through. You know, and there aren't many. There are a few who show up, and we just say, hey, look, here's the deal. Uh, don't hound the guys, and um, and uh, if you want to do it, uh, make a donation. And most of them do. And uh, but um, yeah, there's no there's no uh, you know there's no entrance fee uh, for people to attend and watch the games on Saturday. There's no uh, admission uh, at the gate, and uh, um, you know the teams pay a registration fee, and then they go out and fundraise. And you know teams raise thousands thousands of dollars our goal this year we hope would be you know, hope we hope to top a hundred thousand dollars this year well, that'd be great good for you uh well i wish you a lot of luck 
uh, Jeff, I really, it's an hour already, so I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And, and uh, I also appreciate you not making me uh, crowbar answers out of you. That was really, <laughs> I felt like I was on cruise control for a little while. I was like, I have a thought, but Jeff's are fine, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> Good stuff, Scott. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I, I, uh, I passed the test. Now you were fantastic. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, great. Take care. Take care. Huge thanks to Jeff for coming on and for Sam Fold's uh, introduction. Go to slamt1d.org to find out more. Thanks also to Omnipod, the sponsor of this podcast. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to start your trial today. It's free and there's no obligation. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your plan that involves your health and those kinds of things. There's probably a better way to say that. See you next week.